Yeah, seven billion dollars of like the hardest, ed- hardest elbow, you know, hardest edged, most rapacious deal beast capital that's ever been assembled. So they called it the Children's Fund to try to, to you know, take the edge off. Good morning, Execsum Podcast listeners. It is July 12th, 1.43 a.m. in New York, 6.43 a.m. in London, and 2.43 p.m. in Tokyo. Happy Monday. We hope your week is off to a good start so far. My name is Vili. I am representing the retail investment side of things, and we have Boomer, our global macro discretionary manager. He's going to be representing the institutional side of things. What's that Bloomberg terminal looking like today, Boomer? Red. Everything's red. And um, I definitely think it's maybe not even a sweat bee, but uh, there's clear concerns about, you know, probably the biggest thing in the market the whole week. I mean, there's a ton of different things coming down the pike. We're entering into earnings season. Um we have uh, Chairman Powell coming to talk before the the banking committee, but I think what the what the market is most concerned about was raised a question was raised on Friday when China uh, lowered its bank reserve ratios, which led a lot of people to question how fast the recovery is taking place in China, and so we get the China GDP print. On July 14th, and I think that's going to be the major catalyst for the market this uh, this week. Uh, certainly on the global macro side, obviously people who are owners of individual names, individual stocks, will want to pay attention to earnings season. As a global macro guy, I don't have particular insight into that, but I, I'm I'm paying most close attention to the Chinese GDP print, given that. China signaled possible weakness by lowering bank reserve ratio requirements last Friday unexpectedly. So on to those quarter two earning reports. Is there anything that makes quarter two special? I mean, I think quarterly earnings are taking on a new focus. I mean, you know, earnings season is earnings season. It's always a time of potential volatility around individual names it gets more elucidating and perhaps potentially more volatility surrounding if a group of, let's say, bank stocks all miss earnings. But there's something kind of funny about earnings season, right? So a company does what it does, but it's said to have beaten or missed earnings. Well, it doesn't actually beat or miss earnings. It's just whether or not those earnings conform to equity research analyst expectations for those earnings, right? So you can't really miss earnings. You can just miss the expectation of a bunch of nerdy guys sitting around an office park in Dallas trying to predict like how many iPhones you sold, right? (laughs) Have you ever thought about it that way? Like, 
Yeah, yeah, no, that is that is a good point. Uh, Virgin Galactic CEO Richard Branson achieved his dream of reaching space on Sunday in the company's first multi-passenger flight. did he? Or did he? That's a big question. Exactly. And so did he get to space? And joining us now is our usual, usually talking about crypto, our crypto correspondent who began his life as an astro, theoretical astrophysicist, turned quant, turned crypto villain. This is how 69K to talk about what space is and what space isn't. Yeah, actually, the uh, the definition of space is undefined. There is no um, height at which it has been defined where you've entered space. There are you know there are layers to the atmosphere, and then there are um, layers within outer space around the planet. But there is no actual defined point that says now you're in space. Yeah, so it's to me, after hearing that, the fact that there is no technical and from a theoretical physics perspective, there is no demarcation of what is space. Uh, I would have to say that he was not the first one in space. I was also kind of puzzled by his first comments upon making a space flight, which was we need to build as many of these spaceships as we can. First of all, they're not spaceships. But second of all, uh, so that children can experience this and... You know, there's like 22,000 kids a day who die from malnutrition and starvation. So I think they probably more like food than, you know, experiencing a little bit of that uh, uh, fake space flight. (laughs) And um, also, you know, he touted the fact they're able to be weightless. Well, when they were filming the movie Apollo 13, they had this thing. NASA has this plane called the Vomit Comet. And because, you know, when you experience weightlessness, you typically throw up. And so it's this uh, K1, KC-135, which is an old Boeing 707, which NASA has created to simulate weightlessness and do studies. So you don't even have to leave Earth's atmosphere to experience weightlessness. So I'm not really sure what the point is of all of this, but... Uh, I guess, you know, it's kind of a weird place that we're in when we've experienced a global pandemic and we're all paying with rapt attention to billionaire space races. Yeah, I think if when Richard Branson says that he's doing it for the children, if any of these uh, VC funds we'll get to later say they're doing it for the children and not for money, then you might want to be wary (laughs) of that. (laughs) So there was this fund in London Okay, and they were just the biggest vulture investors ever to walk the face of the planet. I mean, they would go in and just invest in sort of anything awful and put people out of business, do loan to own. And so in order to combat that, do you know what they named it? For the children? The Children's Fund, TCF. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it was $7 billion of just... Sympathy the points. Most, seven billion dollars of sympathy points. Yeah, exactly. Seven billion dollars of like the hardest, ed- hardest elbow, you know, hardest edged, most rapacious deal beast capital that's ever been assembled. So they called it the Children's Fund to try to, to you know, take the edge off. That's beautiful. There, there is some irony in there. Uh, there's also some irony in this M and A deal. Cigarette maker Philip Morris agreed to buy UK asthma drug maker 
Vectura for $1.2 billion. Uh, cigarettes and asthma just going hand in hand to make profits together. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. GFH Financial Group agreed to buy a 100 million US based student housing portfolio in partnership with Specialist Asset Manager Student Quarters. I think everyone who's gone to college can't complain that college is getting ridiculously expensive. And for finance, big finance to be involved with student housing kind of uh, gives me the wrong vibe, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't think that was a for-profit business, really. Well, what do you want it to be? Are you a... Uh, uh, somehow subsidized by the schools, maybe just like call it a wash. Like I live in a shitty dorm room that has concrete walls and might have been a prison at one point and, and maybe you don't make <laughs> money off of it. <laughs> yeah no hey look i mean i went to a i mean all these schools are sort of non-profits but i mean i don't know my parents paid like 50 grand a year for me to go to duke and we had no air conditioning in our dorm rooms and it was in north carolina and september was just awful yeah um except for the sae block uh because aubrey mcclendon the big shell gas pioneer who later drove himself into a <laughs> concrete abatement to commit suicide was an essay at duke and he paid for the air conditioning in the uh section but uh um i don't know i got a bid from SAA. i didn't take it yeah so ride hauling startup ola ola it's not just for spanish anymore it's also for sharing sharing rides to the bars uh this is india's version of uber looks like raised a 500 million round from Tomasic and Warburg Pincus. Yeah, I know a lot of guys at Warburg Pincus. Um, you know, they are a powerhouse investment firm. I'm sure it'll uh, do well. Grocery stores are really hitting the VC streets recently. Korean grocery startup Curly raised a 200 million Series F at a 2.2 billion valuation, led by a whole bunch of places, including Sequoia Capital, DST Global, Aspects Management, and Hill House Capital. Is there like something new about grocery stores that I haven't noticed recently? Is there like a DeFi grocery space going on? Yeah, no, it's it is one of those things where um, I look at it too. I mean, last episode we saw a membership. Uh, a grocery store, why you need a membership to a grocery, I have no idea. Uh yeah, I don't I don't have a good answer for that. If anybody is um working on one of these deals uh in the grocery roll up space, uh please email us at litpodproducer at gmail dot com to let us give us some insight as to what's going on in the in the uh grocery space. Yeah. Ehib Shanghai based car rental company is considering a Hong Kong IPO that could raise one billion dollars. Thing to note here, they're actually doing it in Hong Kong, so it looks like their app is not gonna get revoked. Sorry, DD doo-doo. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. You know, I wouldn't count on the Chinese financial regulators and their ability to shoot themselves in the foot is unchallenged at this point. What was announced earlier today that was important, which was that each um Chinese companies seeking listing in a foreign exchange must now go through some regulatory approval process with the Chinese authorities, which will make capital markets less efficient. 
And once again, I think it is China shooting themselves in the foot. Today's big news in VC, however, is we only have two things that sort of qualify as potential sex moves. And uh, we've got uh, uh, Dodomi, a French startup helping web publishers and app developers manage consent flows. And then Brazilian HR startup Flash. Uh, so those are only two <laughs> things that can be <laughs> called a sex move. I will say um, today's, you know, what the fuck. Um, obviously, there's a lot of good things going on in venture capital. But today's what the fuck frontier, a startup marketing itself as a new kind of vertically. And it's so funny the way it's quoted, kind of, you know, new kind of. Kind of, kind of, so kind of not. Yeah. Kind of vertically integrated jobs marketplace raised two point eight million dollars seed round by some venture capital firm no one's ever heard of. I <laughs> vertically a new kind of vertically integrated jobs marketplace. I mean, that's just word salad. So on SPAC, a lot of crypto cryptocurrency exchanges out there, but bullish is notable. It's got Peter Thiel. The founder of PayPal involved is quite a controversial figure. Uh, but what they're enabling people to do is trade smart contracts directly through their exchange, which uh, I'm pretty sure that Coinbase does not currently allow. Smart contracts, briefly, are a way that people can use their cryptocurrency to stake projects and earn a yield, much in the same way a bondholder would use collateral. Uh, to also achieve the same yield. One more thing in crypto, um, lawyers are teaming up with folks who were frozen out of the, uh, uh, when Binance locked them down during the, during the, the Bitcoin crash. Um, they're going to have trouble suing Binance. <laughs> the big read in the Financial Times. And yes, we are the ones with the keys to the Financial Times uh, subscription. So you'll have to tune in the podcast to get Financial Times links. Um, big fans of the Financial Times. Uh, so the big read was was that this guy CZ, um, who founded Binance, keeps running around from jurisdiction to jurisdiction trying to find a home for his company. And he insists that, you know, with crypto, you don't need a headquarters. You don't need this, that, and the other. But every place that he says that he's domiciled has set, gone on the record saying, no, we don't allow that here, <laughs> including the Cayman <laughs> Islands, Malta, all these other places. They're like, no, we don't we don't want this guy around. So they're going to have they're going to have a difficult time. You know, jurors, it's one thing if you have a legitimate claim and the easiest thing to do in court is to get collected judgment. I mean, the easiest thing to do in a court is obtain a judgment against the defendant. The hardest thing to do is to collect it. So I don't know how even if these folks win, you know, you theoretically win a billion dollars, but how you get it from Binance, you have to find them and serve them with papers in the U.S. jurisdiction and they don't exist in the United States. <clears throat> and according to the founder of Binance, they don't exist at all. They don't even have a headquarters. So, um, you know, I thought stuff that was kind of kind of jumped out me off the page. And so I don't recognize soccer as a sport. I know that you do. And I know that tons and tons of people do. It's the most popular sport in the world. I think the most popular sport in the world should be cricket. It's the most fun to play, in my opinion. Um, cricket is not only a terrible cell phone provider, 
but it is <laughs> far, far worse of a sport than uh, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Liquidity nailed the headline. It's coming, Rome. That's in, in O2. It's coming home, the three lines, official headline since, I don't know, 1996 Euros when they first released that uh, punchy song and then re- later adopted in the 98 World Cup. Uh, this is which the I, first finals. Which I attended. Yeah, this is the first finals that England has made since 1966. Um, and all the pressure in the world that made it to PKs, extra time, past the 90 minutes, past the 120 minutes, and 19-year-old Saka was the decisive penalty. Can you imagine? That's the worst. Since 1966, they haven't made it to a European or World Cup finals. And this 19-year-old steps up to the plate, and he shanks it. He misses, and uh, the whole world comes crashing down on him, so... It's not going back to England. It's going back to Italy. It's coming Rome. And that meme cleanser is just great. So make sure you're subscribing to the Exec Sum podcast to check out all those latest memes. There are no memes on the podcast. You mean the newsletter? The newsletter. Exec yep. Sum newsletter. Yep. Yeah. Subscribe to it all. Guys, thanks for joining us. This has been Exec Sum on July 12th, 2021. Follow liquidity wherever he is on twitter instagram uh, getting a little late a little loopy um have a great week keep your eye on the china gdp print from a global macro perspective due out on july 14th here's wonder mike hank and master g the sugar hill gang now what you hear is not a test i'm rapping to the beat and me the groove and my friends are gonna try to move your feet you see i am wonder mike and i like to say hello to the black to the white the red and the brown the purple and yellow but first i gotta bang bang the boogie to the boogie say up jump the boogie to the bang bang boogie let's rock you don't stop, rock the rhythm that'll make your body rock. Well, so far you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along. And next on the mic is my man Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Check it out. When I'm dump the dimp, the ladies dimp, the women fight for my delight. But I'm the grand master with the three MCs that shop the house for the young ladies. And when you come inside into the front, you do the freak spank or do the bump. And when the sucker MCs try to prove a point with Trevor's trio, or with the serious joint, or from sun to sun and from day to day, I sit down and write a brand new rhyme. I put the same that never.